Greetings, and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this show explores the intersection of security, technology, and society, and thinks about what might be coming next. Every Monday, there's a news and analysis episode that condenses 5 to 20 hours of reading and analysis into a 15-minute summary, as well as regular essays, interviews, and book reviews that cover specific topics. The goal is to give you a concise, curated update on the most interesting things happening in the world, and to explore ideas that give you something to think about and prepare you for what's coming next. All right, welcome to episode 270. Starting off with security news. Microsoft has released a tool to hunt SolarWinds malware. It looks at the source code for indicators of malware and alerts on them. And it is also what they're using to look for malware in their source code as well. CrowdStrike released its 2021 Global Threat Report, and it includes a number of visualizations that capture the attacker ecosystem and how the various players work together with each other. SolarWinds leadership basically said an intern did it and pointed at someone who used a weak password. And they're saying that this is what led to the largest cybersecurity breach in U.S. history. And they're kind of doing it to... uh, Put the blame off, which I'm going to talk about a little bit later in the ideas section. Three information security whistleblowers who used to work at Amazon are warning that Amazon is putting customer data at risk. And they're saying that they've tried to tell people in headquarters for a long time and nobody listened. And a number of them are actually kind of suing or at least pursuing some kind of legal or HR action around how they were gotten rid of, basically claiming that they were retaliated against for whistleblowing. So we'll see how that plays out. I've always thought of Amazon as pretty good with security. Seems like their track record is at least pretty good. It seems like they tend to listen. I mean, just as an outsider. So we'll see what comes of this, if anything. Google has sponsored two full-time developers to work on Linux security. They say they keep finding bugs, so they want to help directly. I say this is awesome, but since Linux is kind of a major deal, how about sponsoring a thousand developers instead of two? I mean, it's only Linux, right? Like the most important OS on the planet, two developers? Like, are you short on money? Should we do a Kickstarter or a GoFundMe? This doesn't make any sense to me, but at least Google is doing something. Like, where's everyone else in this? Seems like, I don't know, the top 50 tech companies in the world should just have to donate 10 dedicated engineers to work on the security of Linux and Windows. I mean, that's that's the type of, like, shared responsibility model that I think the planet should generally have. I mean, I keep thinking about how we got surprised by the SSL bugs from a while back, and it turns out just nobody was looking. So it's like this whole idea of many eyes, right? Well, what if the many eyes are just attackers submitting code, and there's no many eyes belonging to good people? So we're not actually getting the benefit of many eyes because no one happens to be using those eyes to look at the code. So, I don't know. I think... uh, Someone's got to sign up for this. I mean, hats off to Google for donating two people. Evidently, that's a lot. Just seems ridiculous to me. 
New York City is testing a robotic dog-like creature that looks exactly like a Black Mirror episode. They say it could be sent into dangerous situations to gauge the risk to officers, but people are, are obviously worrying that it's going to be used to uh, monitor communities, which I'm sure it will be. Portswigger has released its top 10 web hacking techniques for 2020. This is becoming kind of a staple. Uh, included was the NAT slipstreaming vulnerability and some other ones that seemed rather normal and common, like very much like what we would see every year. But I'm really glad they're putting it out. I feel like Portswigger has become like the default web security outfit um, outweigh in front of all the other groups that are doing that kind of stuff. GCHQ says it's fully embracing AI to look for patterns in global data, which sounds to me like a BBC version of Palantir, but with an accent. U.S. intelligence says the Saudi crown prince approved the killing of Khashoggi. But evidently, we're not going to do much about it because Iran is a worse threat. That's my read on it. Vulnerabilities. Researchers are warning that attackers are using social engineering to go after QuickBooks files. And attackers are scanning actively for recent VMware vulnerabilities, which are pretty serious. So definitely get patched or firewalled or both, preferably. Attackers have gone after Excelion file sharing systems, breaking into them and then executing ransomware attacks on the companies running the systems. And there's also active scanning campaigns going on for Excelion servers as well. Far-right platform Gab has been hacked with 70 gigabytes of private data being made available to researchers, journalists, and social scientists by a group called DDoS Secret. So basically a private researcher went and downloaded this database. However, they did it probably IDOR, similar to Parler. That's my guess. but. Anyway, they got the data and they gave it to this group, which is kind of like WikiLeaks, only maybe not a Russian operative group. Um, and it's called DDoS Secrets. And it seems like it's basically a broker of like trying to do responsible things. Who knows? They could be shady. They could be super legit. Not really making any claims about that, but they are a third party, basically. The researcher gave them the data. And then they're being careful with it and only giving it to like researchers and journalists and social scientists and people that they deem worthy of having it for the right reasons. 70 gigabytes of private data. And that's like DMs and just private images and all kinds of stuff. So be cool to see what comes out of that. Companies, Sentinel One is looking at a $10 billion IPO soon. And technology news. Elon says Starlink satellite internet will hit 300 megabits per second in 2021. Got to be a little careful of his predictions. He tends to uh, be a little ambitious with those. But uh, he has been delivering on a lot of them. I think the Neuralink stuff is where you got to really be careful with him. And also, like, when we'll have humans on Mars. Square bought $170 million in Bitcoin. Spotify is launching a hi-fi version of its music service this year, which will compete with Tidal and Kobas. 
Axonius has raised $100 million in Series D funding to do IT asset management, and it appears Roblox will go public via direct listing around March 10th, which is like 10 days away. Human news. Fast food companies were already thinking about AI for improving their efficiency, but the pandemic has accelerated that trend massively, just like a lot of people predicted. So imagine AI that hears you perfectly every time you order and doesn't mess up your order. And it also doesn't get sick. They don't complain. They don't sue you. They don't spit in customers' food. They can record what the customer said and play it back to itself, like if it needs to hear it multiple times. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of advantages to this. And it's like Andrew Yang said in his book, The War on Normal People. This technology has been there, but people have been holding off on actually implementing it aggressively until there's some sort of crisis. And boom, what, a year or two after his book comes out, we have the pandemic. Now there is a crisis. And it doesn't necessarily directly tie to fast food, but efficiency is becoming huge for these groups. They need to get people in and out faster, and they need to have fewer errors. And of course, lowering costs would be nice as well. So. It's a win-win for them all around. A Mount Sinai epidemiologist named Shauna Swan says total sperm count in the Western world has fallen 59% between 1973 and 2011. I'm a little confused about this. I grew up on scares of overpopulation and basically saying, you know, there'd be whatever, 70 billion people by X number of days or or. X number of decades in the future. And uh, that was the big scare. And it freaked me out for a while when I was re really young. I was like, ah, oh, there's not enough resources. There's too many people. So I don't know. If we have way fewer people than we planned on having, I mean, the world is resource starved, right? So if we had half the number of people that we have, let's say it was going to be 10 billion in like whatever mid-century and now it's going to be five billion instead or i don't know what the numbers are it doesn't really matter but let's say it was only five billion let's say it was only two and a half billion is that really a crisis i i don't see how it is especially if it's not from war or famine it's just not making more babies as fast now of course if it went to zero and you have like a sci-fi situation where in 30 years, everyone will be dead. Well, yeah, then you need to have some kids. But that, that doesn't seem to be the problem here. 5.6% of adults identify as transgender, up from 3.5% in 2012 and 4.5% in 2017. So 3.5, eight years ago. 4.5 three years ago, roughly three years ago, and now 5.6. It's a pretty big jump. Scientists are building a new version of an early warning system for stars going supernova in the Milky Way. Restaurants in LA are struggling with a new type of dine and dash where people order takeout via credit card and then they contest the charge with their credit card company and they get the money back. And of course, they still whatever, have the food. 
and companies are losing thousands of dollars and they're starting to hate their customers and uh, a number of them are going out of business. It's evidently a big problem. Companies are emerging that help influencers connect directly to their superfans via their abstracted personal information. So there's like services where you can, you know, text with your fans. And um, of course, your fans can buy your, your merchandise and stuff like that. Basically, it's services that connect the influencer or the producer or the artist or whatever, music, whatever, with the top percentage of their fans and have two-way interaction between the fan and the creator. So it seems to be a whole ecosystem emerging in this space. They talk about it in terms of like selling data, but it's really more like selling abstraction of the data. It just allows you a conduit to interact with those people, but not necessarily, I don't think, with their actual phone numbers and emails. I think it's abstracted so that you can still have the directness, but not be giving out you know, your actual address or your email or phone number or whatever. I think it's pretty cool development. And Newzella has raised $100 million to replace textbooks. Sorely needed. Content ideas and analysis. Got a few blog posts here. The ways we deceive ourselves. My recent essay on a key concept in a book I'm reading called Think Again by Adam Grant. Really cool idea. It's basically different ways that we argue with ourselves in our own heads. And also others use these same voices to try to convince us of stuff. So it's a good thing to watch out for. Next one is called Levels of Joy or Fulfillment. I recently finished David Brooks's book, The Second Mountain, and this essay captures my number one takeaway from that book. So definitely check that out. And third one here, it's becoming difficult to discuss interesting topics with people who don't read. This is from 2020, just last year. And uh, it's basically how essential I think reading is to good thinking and conversation. So definitely check that one out if you can. And next idea here, the intern did it. This is what the SolarWinds leadership is saying. They blame the intern which is complete garbage in my opinion. Security culture at a company is what determines what's possible and not possible. You can see this by contrasting this response with the Amazon incident where someone fat-fingered something and took down an entire region. I think they took out like, I don't know, thousands of servers, right? Did Amazon blame the admin in that case? No, they didn't. What they said was, this should not have been possible. This was not their fault. And we are working to make changes to make sure it will never happen again. That is security culture, and that is security leadership. And that's what we're not seeing right now with SolarWinds. Next one here. What are NFTs? So if you're reading or hearing these words, you have probably heard this term recently. NFT stands for non-fungible tokens. They represent digital objects or rights within a particular digital world. They're built on blockchain, like Ethereum. So a good analogy would be something like buying a personalized concert ticket. The ticket itself only works for you. Uh, that's the non-fungible part. You could actually trade them, which we'll talk about in a second. But it only has value within that particular ecosystem, in this case, at that concert. 
So you can't take the ticket stub from a Billie Eilish concert and go to a tool show. You know, it won't work. Completely different. So imagine multiple universes inside games or fictional realms inside the digital world, like Pokemon or Harry Potter or Lego, which I don't think they have any, by the way, just given examples, where each universe offers characters or merchandise or real estate, whatever that's virtual, within that digital world. And it can have tremendous value and can be bought and sold, but not exchanged directly for another thing exactly like that one which is like a dollar, right? So a dollar you can trade for another dollar and $10 you could trade for another $10. That is fungible. You can't do that with this because each of these tokens are unique. So the blockchain manages the ownership of them. So you can sell them, you can transfer them, you can you know, share them or whatever. Not really share because it has to be owned by one person, but you can transfer them. An example I'm imagining is something like a special mount within World of Warcraft that only you have that has value, but you could also sell it to someone else if you wanted to. Another example was someone buying part of a virtual racetrack. This is a real situation where they owned part of a virtual racetrack that allowed them to charge people who do virtual races on that virtual racetrack. So, you know, in that case, it's actually worth money because. You know, they're basically taking rent. So it's like an art gallery of unique and interesting things, all managed by the blockchain that you can buy, sell, or trade, but that don't have direct monetary value as a currency themselves. That is basically NFT. Notes. The Kindle reader on the web is better than the standalone Kindle reader which I find very sad. Been reading a number of Kindle books just to refresh and kind of do summaries and see the high points and, uh, you know, look at the table of contents and understand the book in its entirety. And this is after I've already done the audio audio book at least once. Um, but yeah, the standalone client for Kindle on Mac is just bad. Anyway. Enough about that. I'm currently reading Nicole Perlroth's book, This Is How the World Ends, which is about the world of cybercrime and cyberwar through the lens of the markets around exploits. Pretty good. I would say it kind of reads like a, whatever, a spy novel, but with the theme of cybersecurity, which is likely to be right up the alley of a lot of people listening to this. Really sad that Fry's went out of business. I remember walking into the Fremont store a few years ago and feeling like it was in a haunted cemetery. Like half the shelves were empty. I couldn't find an employee anywhere. And there was just a stench of death, basically, in the air. And I was surprised for a second. I was like, what is going on here? And then I remembered Amazon. <laughs> Amazon is what's going on here. And uh, yeah, that's it for them. They're closing all the stores. I guess it's uh, creative destruction, but uh, RIP fries. Discovery. Malwarebytes. This is the main tool that I use for malware protection on Windows and Mac. And been doing that for close to a decade. And uh, they are now a show supporter. And we got a link here for 25% off to get the software. Got Securabees. The Must Watch InfoSec Talks of 2020. Got like three talks in there from Tom Nom Nom. 
And uh, he also put in my talk from DEF CON's Red Team Village. And that one was called Mechanizing the Methodology. And that one's in there and a whole bunch of other talks. I, I don't think it's like 10 talks. I want to say it's like 20 or so. Can't remember how many, but it's a pretty good blog post. You should check it out. Three things I did to become a data scientist. Mothers all over are losing it. Using GitHub issues for blog comments. I wonder if I should reinvestigate blog comments. I've had them off for quite some time, but I don't know. Are we past that? Is it Twitter time? That's that's the reason I stopped them. I figured everything moved to Twitter and other social media, but I don't know. If there were a cool way to do it that wasn't slow, I might try it again. Got a really good essay called On Writing More here in this uh, discovery section. Just finished reading that like 10 minutes ago. It's quite nice. And a Vim guide for advanced users. I have this open in a tab. Already found a couple of cool things in it. And someone complains here about the ambiguous definition of product market fit. And then defines it as one, your product has found a market. And two, that market is buying it in a way that's exciting to the creators of the product. And he talks about how that could be excitement in the form of, holy crap, we need to scale, we can't support the load. Or it could just be like, it's a niche product, it's a small market, and you found those whatever, uh, 300 people, and they're buying it. And everything's fine, and you're just happy because you found the actual 300 people that actually wanted it, and now they're buying it, and everything's good. So both of those would be considered product market fit. And final one here, the OWASP top 10 for API security, which is pretty cool. They have needed that for quite some time. It's separate from the main OWASP top 10. It's dedicated for API security. Hence the name. Recommendations. If you like TV or movies in any way, like anyway at all, you need to check out this anime called Attack on Titan. I've seen the first couple of episodes a while back, and they just blew me away. The difference between this and regular TV movies in the U.S. is drastic. It is true creativity. And it's now in its fourth season. I actually haven't watched even the full first season. Uh, the second season is supposed to be good. The third season is supposed to be not so good. But this fourth season, everyone is freaking out about it. So I'm going to go watch the entire thing probably in like a month or a month and a half uh, when I get a kind of a new system put together. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. But if you have not seen any anime or you've not seen anime in a while or if you have no idea what I'm talking about, you need to trust me on this. This is art. Uh, it's it's anime. It's it's cartoons if you're outside of the anime world um it's animated put it that way it's it's uh how do you say this not live action that's that's the opposite of animated right so that might be jarring to you if you're not used to watching anime or any other sort of non-live action media but it is phenomenal uh the person who just told me oh i have to watch season four is telling me layers upon layers. And that's the way I felt about the first couple episodes. I mean, I was I was really taken aback by this show. I mean, the the interaction between the characters, 
the drama, the action. I mean, it was just on another level from pretty much anything else I've ever seen. So this is a opportunity to get into something like truly interesting and creative. You're stuck at the house anyway. Might as well start a new show. It's called Attack on Titan. Not sure where it's on. I think it might be Hulu or something like that, but yeah, you should be able to find it. In the aphorism for the week, freedom is nothing but a chance to be better. Freedom is nothing but a chance to be better. Albert Camus. 